Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, with us right now, we've got Ryan Cote, who's a partner in digital or director of digital marketing at Ballantine. You guys are on the web at ballantine.com. That's B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Josh. Happy to be here. So Ballantine has a long and storied past, your third generation. Uh, can you tell me about uh, the kind of the formation of the company, when that was, who that was? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, we go back to the mid-60s, so 1966 to be exact. My great uncle um, started the company. He's still alive, not part of the company anymore, but sure. um, uh, he started the company in 66. Then my grandfather joined in 68, my uncle, my dad. Um, and now fast forward to today, myself, my uncle, my two brothers um, run the company. We're partners in the agency. My cousin Josh is here. Um, so it's got a long family history going 54 years now. And so do you have any of the pieces that your great uncle was producing? That has to be, and so this was direct mail advertising back then? Yeah. So when he started, it was actually print and ship stuff, like brochures. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we started doing direct mail, which is like the printed piece, but you're mailing it to, to you know, companies or res- like homes. Yeah. Um, and then we just kind of did creative and then, you know, we just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, we don't, uh, honestly, um, don't have any of those pieces. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least that I'm aware of. That'd be I, pretty I neat love, though. I love the old advertising, you know, it's just like so on the nose and it's just, you know, but yeah. it's like so fun and refreshing to like, look at, you know, just to appreciate kind of the history of advertising. Yeah. That's a good question. I should see if we have that. And so today, uh, obviously, you do still a lot of direct mail, and and would you mind? You're welcome to uh, drop some names. I think there are some <laughs> some brand, some clients that you work with that uh, that folks would know. Yeah, on the direct mail side, we work with large companies like Wyndham and Royal Caribbean Celebrity Cruises. Um, we've done a lot of direct mail for BMW. That tends to be our sweet spot, the direct mail, where the company does a tremendous amount of it, and it's very complicated often. And then you just need someone that does this day in and day out to kind of get their hands dirty and handle it for them. <clears throat> that's our, that's, you know, that's our sweet spot for direct mail on a digital side though. It's typically small businesses, contractors, manufacturers, dealerships, you know, companies that, that n- need the support that we can provide that don't maybe don't have it in house. And, and so in terms of uh, the digital side, so, uh, you know, we have digital marketers on the show uh, pretty often. Uh, and so, and a lot of this audience, uh, you know, is going to be pretty savvy when it comes sure. to digital marketing. So we, we could talk at kind of a, uh, you know, high schooler level. Uh, and, and so in the world of digital marketing, where does Valentine fit in and what's kind of the, uh, the, the outcome that you provide for clients? Yeah. So we, companies will hire us for digital. It's, they don't, they have maybe one marketing person or they have no marketing people. And so we become sort of like their outsourced marketing department or an extension of that one person that can only handle so much. Mm-hmm. So we don't go into a client saying we're like the Facebook ad expert only or the 
we only do SEO, even though we have experts in those areas, we come in and say more like, let's set up all your channels. We'll fully submerge ourselves in your business, handle all of it for you, set up your social, your content strategy, SEO, paid search. And we have different specialists for each strategy. And so we just surround them with, with our services and they're coming to us for leads. Typically it's, yeah. it's not generally brand awareness. We have some that are like that, but generally they want more leads. They want people coming to their website and then, and then asking for more information about their products or services. And then your approach, I mean, your approach could be any of the above. So it sounds like when you initiate that relationship, you begin that relationship, you're kind of like the doctor that's going to give them a prescription and you just happen to be a, a, a larger doctor's office. We've got specialists in all the areas of medicine. So it doesn't matter what you throw at me. You know, we, we either have somebody or we know somebody that can solve that problem. Yeah, that's and and I think there's a we could talk a little bit about how we do the, how we approach sales, but I think you're right. We don't, I don't we don't say we do everything. Uh, what right. we do every day is social media, but only specific channels. Typically, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, a lot of SEO, a lot of paid search, typically on Google, um, and uh, you know, content, typically blogs, uh, and then some email newsletters to Mailchimp. So we don't we definitely don't do everything. We kind of oh, stay right. in our stay in our lane. Um, but yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right. We do diagnose the situation. So when we're, when we're like courting a new client, part of our sales strategy, and this has been a game changer for us. I think there's a takeaway for your audience here is the way we approach the sales process is more consulting on what they need. And so we'll have a call with them, find out what their goals are, where their weaknesses are, strengths, all that. And then we put together a whole strategy doc document for them that outlines what they should be doing, what the cost is. And we put a lot of effort in, on the front end before we even get them as a client. And that makes the actual like, you know, quote unquote pitch, sales pitch much more effective because they can see that we're trying to understand their business. We're putting effort into the, into the sale before it's even a sale. And, that, and then once they become a client, we've got that document already built out. It goes to the team and they have like a head start in terms of like what we're going to be doing. That's been and a nice not- little change for us. And, and at what point are you asking for money? Uh, typically it's, so when we're presenting the strategy doc, we're trying to get them as a client then, but yeah. it's, it doesn't usually happen. It, it's like a big enough purchase where they have to talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah. And so right. like, we'll typically, we'll ask for the sale when we're presenting the strategy document. Cause at the end it goes over pricing and mm-hmm. communication and what it's like to work with us. Um, but typically it's usually two or three more calls after that where yeah. they have to talk to people and whatnot. You know, I think the point I want to make with that question is that, uh, you know, you're, uh, you know, when when someone engages with you, you're not saying, well, listen, we'll talk with you and and give you some ideas, but that's going to cost you, which unfortunately, I think too many marketers today, you know, are just so obsessed over you know, uh, you know, these funnels that funnel people into a tripwire. And then there's just, there's just not enough time to build a relationship. At the end of the day, you know, we do business with people that we, you know, we, we feel comfortable with and we feel like they can solve our problem and they, they check all those boxes. Uh, and so if you make it really easy for people to engage with you, then you just made it easier for them to become a customer. Otherwise, if there's always this paywall, then it's like, you know, it's like they just don't have enough, they just don't have enough, 
knowledge uh, to know whether or not this would be not just a good use of their, you know, their resources, but of their time, which I think is really precious to a lot of businesses. It's just like, yeah. we can't, we cannot get started with someone that we just don't know how this is going to work out. I think you're absolutely right. I think it really comes down to building trust, which I think is especially important for the space that we play in, like small businesses, contractors, for example, that have been burned in the past. It's a story we often hear. It's, you know, they don't trust what they're hearing. And so it's, they do have the, they definitely do have a wall up. And so it's, it's our way to get to know their business more. We don't charge for the strategy doc. It makes us be more careful about who we go yeah. after because we're yes. not going to spend a lot of time on anyone. So um, it's, I think, I think you're right. There. I think, I think it is about building trust for that potential client so that, you know, it's, it's more likely that they'll do business with you. You know, and, and I think, you know, just like you said, um, you know, you now have the opportunity to say, listen, if we're going to do all this work um, to build this out for you, obviously, you know, we're only going to move forward with that if we feel like we can solve your problems out. We're going to find out a lot of stuff as we do our due diligence. But, you know, that way they feel like, hey, you know, in many ways we're partnering here. Uh, you know, and, and it's not just that you're just a vendor that's trying to sell me services and you have absolutely no opportunity of risk here. You do have a little bit of risk here, um, that, um, you know, you're going to invest that time for someone that otherwise qualifies. You know, one thing that, that we have, uh, you know, that we do, uh, is when we have someone that says, otherwise they're like, yeah, I mean, they, they qualify. Like we know that they've got uh, a budget and they have a need. Yeah. Uh, and if we know that they have those two things and they express an interest, we say, great, let's start getting to work. You don't have to worry, you know, we'll be good. Like, you know, eventually at some point it'll make sense. You know, we're, you know, obviously I'd like to get paid at some point, um, yeah. but you know, until then let's just, let's just begin that process. You know, let's get our teams communicating together. And then what happens is, you know, it, you just have momentum and business owners, I think in particular are apprehensive uh, to get into new things. They have needs and they have, they have problems that need to be solved. Uh, but, you know, again, to your point, I think that the, you know, if we could just reduce those, lower those, those walls that they need to step over um, and just like, yeah, it's really easy. Let's just get going. So it sounds like that's been your approach and it's worked out pretty well. Valentine's yeah. doing a lot of great business. You have a huge, um, you, you have a huge uh, portfolio on, on your website here that I've been kind of scrolling through and it goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to remind, our, uh, remind myself to update that a lot, you know, cause we always want to have fresh, fresh content going on there. There's so many boxes to check sometimes things. Uh, and we have a lot on there, but there's a lot of recent stuff that we should add. Uh-huh. Um, one thing, Josh to mention um, too, I think, I think the way that you approach getting the client too, I think there's another, t- another takeaway here that we've kind of figured out is that usually the way you start a relationship, that, like that first impression, it carries, it has a, it has like a long lifespan. So if we're from the time we're like courting the potential client, doing all this work, showing them the strategy doc. And then once we get them on board, you know, calls with the team, a lot of like setup happening, like updates happening. And they're seeing all this flurry of activity. They're like, Oh wow. This like, these guys are like, they're, they're taking this seriously. And that, that trust we found it, it, it lasts a long time. So I think the way you start a new client engagement, no matter what industry you're in, I think it's really important that you nail that first impression um, right, because that does, from what I've seen, it has like a long lifespan. Uh, like they don't just start, they don't just stop trusting you after a month. Like it's like, wow, like these guys started right and they know what they're doing. Okay, let me just do, let me, yeah. let me let them do what they're doing and I'll be good. 
that's what we've that's what we've found. Yeah, I mean, again, a great point. Like, if I go into let's say an appliance store and I need a new refrigerator, and someone's like, "Hey, and this one right here, twelve hundred dollars keeps all your food cold. This one over here, two thousand dollars keeps all your food cold." Uh, you know, it's just like, what do we got to do to get you into a refrigerator today? It's like, you know, we are probably <laughs> not going to have a very long <laughs> relationship yeah. here. Yeah. Like, I could just tell it's like it's adversarial. You know, yeah. where it's like they are, uh, again, this is old school. Hopefully no one is doing this. Well, you know what? I say hopefully, but I see it all the time in the uh, in the sales funnel world. It's very adversarial uh, where it's yeah. just like, you know, what can we do to get, you know, conversion numbers up? And, you know, and that's really important. But, you know, again, it's I think what wins today with consumers is that understanding that, you know what? They have my needs, uh, you know, top top of mind. So, um, Ryan, one thing that uh, I know that Valentine has a pretty good handle on is Google Maps and Google My Business. Can you kind of share maybe what's evolved over the past year to two years over, especially particularly with Google My Business? Yeah, so we do a lot of SEO, like search engine optimization. And, you know, Google Maps, Google My Business, which fuels Google Maps, uh, that's a big part of organic. It's it's almost it, it, we're seeing it become more and more important because most searches nowadays are localized to like local searches. Um, even we're even seeing like obviously Google My Business is more relevant for a local business where you have like a specific area that you're marketing to, but we're even seeing it being very important for national companies. We work with some like large manufacturers that yeah they want local clients, but it doesn't really matter if they're on California, New Jersey. Um, but it's important because. Now, like at least at the time of this recording, when you type in a company's name into Google, the whole right sidebar, typically that's Google My Business being pulled in. It shows your yeah. name, your, your reviews, um, your hours of operation, whole profile in your company. And so that's like the first contact that a potential client customer has with your business. So if they see good reviews, they see a fully filled out profile, it looks really buttoned up. Before they even go to your website, they're sort of now preconditioned or pre-sold that you're serious operation. And so even for a national company is important. But going to back to your question, tips, you know, we're seeing we're seeing Google My Business becoming more and more important. Um, it's almost like a second website now. And so when we yeah. do like on page optimization for SEO, like you know, adding keywords to your website and whatnot, um, we're treating Google My Business almost as like a second website. Like we'll do on page optimization for the website and then for the actual listing itself. So in terms of tips, you know, first step, obviously, get, get the listing verified, of course. Um, Google.com forward slash business, get your business verified, and then spend as much time as it takes to fully fill that listing out from picking the right category, the right secondary categories, your name, your address, your phone number, your website, description, you, uh, Google lets you add services and posts. So fully fill that listing out get reviews. Okay. Get reviews. Never stop getting reviews. Always keep mm. asking your happy clients for reviews. Um, that's, that's an important thing. Um, but then Google gives you tools with that listing now as well. And they've been adding to it, fully use them. So you can add Google posts to your Google listing. And so that, what, what that does is it's almost like a mini social post that you can add to your Google, my business listing. Yeah. So we'll add for our clients. We'll go every week. We'll add Google posts to it, promoting blog posts, whatever the case is. And those posts show in the sidebar of Google um, when someone's searching for you. So again, that's like going back to what I said before about increasing the authority and the presence of your listing. Um, and then the last thing I'll mention, actually, second thing, second thing I'll mention, um, 
you can ask questions and answers. You can ask questions on your listing. So someone, a customer or client can go to your listing and ask you a question like, hey, um, do you guys do this or whatever? You want that type of engagement. And you obviously want to answer them when they ask you that question. Most people don't, this is like sort of like an undercover, like no, no one really knows too much about this or, or at least people aren't really using it as much. But Google wants to see that type of engagement on the listing. If they see a listing that's fully filled out, it's getting reviews, it's, using the, it's doing the Google posts, it's getting questions and they're being answered, that fully engaged listing is, generally speaking, it's going to do much better than other listings. So you want to fully just take advantage of Google My Business. Um, the la and I mentioned two things. The last thing I mentioned is uh, you want to make sure that your name, your address, and your phone number is fully um, consistent across the web. You can use tools like Yext for that. What is you that? Your name. What is that tool? Uh, Yext, Y-E-X-T. Oh. There's huh. other, um, there's Yext, there's Sign Up, there's Bright Local, there's, um, there's a whole bunch. Huh. That name, address, phone number, it's called NAP or a citation. Yeah. You want that to be consistent across the web. You don't want Google to go to like Yelp and see 55 uh, right. Lane Road and then go to Google My Business or another directory and see 55 Lane Drive. You want it to be all consistent. That consistency builds up trust in Google wow. and that's another ranking factor. Uh, so what happens if someone has a virtual business and they're like, I don't want people coming to my place of business. I, it's, I just work out of my home. Like we're yeah, a virtual a distributed company. So all my team members, we're scattered. We have a number of people here in Orlando area. Now we do have a virtual off, I'll just you know, we have a virtual office that we do through uh, actually where my wife uh, runs her practice out of. So that's our quote unquote office, but they won't find me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would still, you could still verify the, you have to verify an address, but you can hide your address. So when you hide your address, um, Google doesn't show it, of course. And then they don't, they don't show any street views of your listing. Like when you add, like if you look at 55 Lane Road, Fairfield, New Jersey for us, you'll see a picture of our building here um, yeah. because we have an address plugged in. If you hide your address, you still want to verify yourself on Google My Business because whether you have an address or not, like an, like an actual place, you're still a business, but you hide your address and then Google won't, won't show it. And then um, it doesn't show a street view of your, of your building, of your home, yeah. I guess, or whatever. Uh, and so um, tell me more, a little bit more about, um, you know, the fact that you can update your profile. So, you know, it's kind of like having a, a LinkedIn business profile on Google My Business and Google likes when you use their stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. Like there's, uh, and I'd say that we're early enough in the, um, you know, Google My Business that there's so many businesses that are not taking advantage of everything that Google allows you to do on Google My Business. Yeah, I mean, if you have your site hooked up to, um, well, if you have your if you have your site verified in, in Google My Business, when you do a Google post and it's about to expire, Google is going to send you a notification like, "Hey, your post is about to expire. Do something else." There's a reason why they're sending those emails out. They're trying to get people to use the the platform. So, yeah. like you said, they like when people use their products. There's a reason why they're encouraging people to repost because their post is about to expire. Then they expire in like seven days. I think that's right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you want to fully utilize all, um, I mean, you want to fully, it's, a, it's your second website. So you want to take it seriously. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, as we're talking, I'm like re trying to resist the urge to start. <laughs> like I, I just went in and what's, you know, um, you know, th that's the nice thing about this as well is you could check into your Google My Business listing or your account and seems like every couple of months they have new things 
that you should be taking advantage, like new fields, um, like they just beefed up the services offering. And I'm like, man, you know, I can, I can yeah. really fill this service offering out a lot more completely using keywords that people are going to be searching for. And, um, you know, again, if you're not taking advantage of that side panel, um, you know, and again, a good exercise I think someone could do is just Google yourself or Google the name of your company and see what comes up. And if you don't have anything coming up on that right-hand side, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> go, go find, go do something, <laughs> either write a book or just update your Google, my business posting. Um, how, uh, now it's not, not everybody will see that necessarily. It's like a 200 mile radius or something. Is that right? Yeah, you, it's, it's, it is, it is determined based on, I mean, they'll, they'll see it if, um, if someone's doing like a brand search on you, mm-hmm. no matter where you are, typically Google's going to show that because it's not really a, the local, the, the, where the person located doesn't really matter. So yeah. like if someone types in, well, Ballantyne, there's the beer and there's a scotch. So it's, yeah. but if we were, if we were a completely unique name, if someone types in like Ballantyne NJ or Ballantyne Corp, we'll show up in the sidebar. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's based on local and, and that's, um, you know, you can send local signals to Google, you know, obviously if your address in there, but you know, what we'd like to do is people don't know, like, but when you take a, a picture with your phone and, you have the location turned on. Yeah. It actually it actually geotags your photos. So if you take like a, uh, let's say you're a, gro- a dog grooming business and you take a picture of like you t- um, you know grooming a dog or whatever at your location, it's going to geotag where you're located. And then when yeah. you upload it to Google My Business, that local information is embedded in the image, and that helps you too. Just make sure your location is turned on on your phone when you're taking wow. a picture. All kinds of hacks here. Well, this is great. Ryan Cote, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for all your great tips and advice. Uh, you are found on the web at ballantine.com. That's B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E. Uh, you know, what's great is that, uh, you know, folks, again, Ballantine kind of fits that role of um, maybe more of a larger you know, we're out, what did you say? Out kind of like an outsource or no, what did, how did you call it? Yeah, we're like an outsource marketing department. We, you know, yeah. companies use us for multiple services because they just don't have the resources in house. Yeah. Well, wonderful. And, and you again are the uh, director partner and dig- director digital marketing at Valentine. Ryan, thank yeah. you so much for all your great advice. Uh, and, and anything else that uh, the people would look for if they go to Valentine.com? We've got, um, you definitely connect me on LinkedIn, but if you go to the website uh, under resources, we've got case studies, we've got a, blog, a lot of blog content, and we've got a, a, like a Ballantine University where we put out new videos uh, fairly frequently. We have like oh, nice. know, dozens and dozens of videos there. It's all free content. Yeah, look at this. Yep, all kinds of great SEO videos. Good for you. This is terrific. Well, thank you. Uh, Ryan, again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Josh. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform 
and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm -hmm.